morning, good morning. Happy Sabbath, Tabernacle of Praise. Oh, it's so good. You can do better than that. Happy Sabbath, Tabernacle of Praise. We want to welcome you to the Sabbath school and to our church and to our, our, our gathering of worship this morning. God is so good. We want to welcome those online. We want to just take this time to say thank you, Lord. And we're happy that we have an opportunity to come together. We ask you to stand and, and sing with us the Sabbath praise. Father God, this is your time. We are your people, Lord. We assemble here, Lord, to worship you today in spirit and in truth. So, Father, we pray right now that you will bind the enemy. Release the Holy Spirit, Lord. Break every chain. Break every yoke, Lord, as we lift you up, Lord. We want to praise you this morning for you have been good to us. So, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord just one more time. This time last week, my wife was, was in the hospital and had to undergo emergency surgery just to save her life. She had three surgical procedures, but praise the Lord, she's standing right here as a testament to the goodness and glory of God. Brother Chester, a couple weeks ago, woke up early Sunday morning to realize that his house was on fire. He just walked. It was eight below zero. He just ran out the house with his family just in his house robe. But praise God, there he is right there. He's still standing. Rose had a bad accident this week, and here she is. She's sore, but she's still standing. Because like David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I don't care what you went through this week. The, the fact that you're here today is a testament to the grace of God. So like David said, praise God in the tabernacle. 
Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with the high sounding cymbals. He said, let everything, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord this morning. Oh, we serve a mighty God. On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan B. Fields and First Lady Melody B. Melody Fields, we want to extend a warm tabernacle welcome to you, those that are visiting, visiting with us online and those that are here in the house. We just want to ex extend a warm welcome. You know, that you might have been on the bottom all during the week, but you made it to the top. Right. Praise the Lord, and you're not going to leave the same way you came in. Amen. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace, there is joy, and there is happiness. It's just a blessing to serve God, a living Savior. We live in a, a crazy world. You can't even go outside without getting run over, getting talked about. You go on your job and you have to battle with the enemy. Wherever you are, Satan is on your back, but I'm so glad that God's grace has been sufficient. I'm so glad God will never leave us nor forsake us. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how dark it may seem. God is right there with you. Amen. We just got to hold on to God's unchanging hand because God says, I am God. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm so glad we serve a God that changes not. We can rely on him. Amen. Amen. Like a good neighbor, Jesus is always there. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Well, I just want to say uh, that Brother Chester, you know, he's been helping with our homeless ministry and giving so much to the church. But now it's time for us to reciprocate and give back to him. I don't know if you really think about it. If you think about your home and you just wake up and then in an instant, everything that you work for all your life is gone. You know? But Brother Chester, only a few days after he had gone through this devastation, I was so impressed that he made it to the hospital to visit my wife. Even in the midst of his trouble and pain and his situation. But you know, that's how God blesses you. You know, they say it's only two times to praise God when you feel like it and when you don't. Amen. So I just want to, I just want to appeal to you this morning to help Brother Chester, his family, his wife. They need clothes. He has a son. I think they wear large and extra large. So just we just want to do what we can to help Brother Chester. If you can't, you don't have anything in your closet that you haven't been wearing, just go in your pocket and give a little something for the Lord. God says, if you've done unto the least of them, my brothers, though you have done it unto me. Amen. So just see that, brother, and we want to make sure that we bless him. Also, our homeless ministry, talking about our homeless ministry, you know, it takes money, amen. We spend about $500 a month plus on our homeless ministry, amen. And so that money just doesn't fall out the sky like manna, praise the Lord. But we need, we need, we need you to, to dig and we need you to help so we can help those that are unfortunate. It's a blessing. Uh, uh, I never appreciated heat so much as I have in the last few weeks. Amen. When your furnace didn't go out, 
Amen. Brother Jerry can testify. Amen. Had one of the brothers to come out. One of the members went out and had to help that brother out, man. God is good. When you think your back is up against the law, the wall, the Bible says, just, just call him up. Tell him what you want. And there he is. Praise the Lord. So we want you to remember our homeless ministry, support our homeless ministry. And this Wednesday, we're going to have our conference-wide prayer service. It's going to be on YouTube and, and uh, Facebook, so tune in at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a powerful time uh, this Wednesday. Then the following Wednesday, we're going to do a little paradigm shift. We're not going to be on our regular prayer line, but we're going to be on Zoom. And there is going to be a call-in number. Those of you who don't have Zoom will get a little nervous. Uh, there is a call-in number, amen. And Sister Karen sent it out. If you don't have it, make sure you contact one of the elders, and we'll make sure that you get that number because we want everybody to be on there, amen. We're going to be joining with our sister church, Lighthouse. We're going to have a good time. Amen. And the pastor wants me to encourage you to turn on your camera. Amen. I know we like to get on Zoom and put it on blackout, but we want, we want to see your face so we can interact. Amen. Connect with each other. Now, this uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, they have Oakwood uh, uh, Adventist Academy came all the way down from Huntsville. And they're going to have the young people, they're going to have a basketball team, and they're going to play uh, St. Mary's uh, varsity team down at St. Mary's High School. And it's going to be at 545 and then another one at 7 o'clock. So we want to support those young people. But we know the Spirit of God is going to be with those young people. Amen. Going to be representing. And now uh, it's not free. I know Jesus paid it all, but it, this is not free. It's 7 o'clock, $7. Amen, $7. And so we just want to put that little plug out there. Amen. And we want to continue to pray for our sick and shut-in. Sister Beverly's still recovering from a complex knee surgery. Amen. Thank God for family. Sister Robin is over there taking care of her. Praise the Lord. Amen. We want to pray for all of our sick and shut-in. If you don't see members here from week to week, Give them a call. Just let them know that you're still thinking about them. You still love them. Find out if they need anything. Amen. Because we, we's a family. Amen. That's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. At this time, we will continue in our worship. Come on, stand to your feet and help us sing this praise song. Come on and praise the Lord with me. You can put your hands together. You can stump your feet. Everybody can be a part of the praise team. Come on and praise the Lord with me. Your turn. Come on and praise the Lord with me. Come on, everybody sing it. Let's say it again. Come on and praise the Lord with me. Everybody sing. Praise the Lord with me. Yep, you got it. Come on. Praise the Lord with me. Invite your neighbor. Come on. Praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody sing hallelujah. Clap your hands with me. Come on 
you a chance to bow your hands. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. And so I want to invite you, if you want to come down to the throne, you can come on down and pray with me. 
We just want to ask God to bless us. We want to remember that we are in united prayer all year long. Every day we're in united prayer. There's a special prayer that's going out each and every day, and we want everybody praying. And if you need to know what we're praying for, see Sister Karen. She'll give you her email, and she'll send it out to you or text what it is we're praying for that day. But we want everybody praying as a united front because that's the kind of God we serve. We come together as one. And even this morning, we're going to be praying for our president and the, cab, the, 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 the members of his cabinet. We want to make sure that God is watching over us. And so we want to keep that in mind. And it's a wonderful, it's so wonderful to see so many up here this morning. Come on, say amen. So we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to bless us. The song says, oh Lord, bless me indeed. So Lord, you hear the call of your children. I watched the show the other night, Lord, and it said that all we need to do is have a conversation with you. That, that, that Lord, we can come to you just as we are. Because you're that kind of God. You're a God that loves us. In spite of all that we may have done or been through, you are a God who's there, willing and ready and waiting to hear. Not only are you there to hear, but you're there to deliver. You're that the kind of God. And so, Lord, we get excited just knowing that we, we can call upon your name at any given time. Some, some used to say, just dial them up. But I'm so excited just to know that you're our God, our Father, our Savior. And you gave to us, Lord, you said that if the righteous cry out, that you would hear and that you would deliver from all troubles. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now just for what we're about to pray on. Because, Lord, standing before your throne are your children, sons and daughters of the Most High. And I may not know each and every one's petition, but I come to understand that you're a God that knows all. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You know the beginning and the ending. And so, Lord, I ask, Father God, that your, your response will be to those who are praying out, even as I'm praying for. Lord, we want to take a moment right now just to ask a special prayer for our loved ones, Lord. Those who are suffering through the pains and heartaches of sickness, Lord. Many, Lord, are going through different things, different trials and tribulations as it pertains to their health, Lord. Some, Lord, are suffering with the pains and heartaches of knees and, and backs, Lord. But we know, Father God, that you're a God who can touch and you can heal. And so, Lord, we lift up all your children, Lord, who are suffering with some type of inflict, inflict, inflammation of bones and joints, Lord. Those things that cause the swelling and the pain of not being able to walk, Lord. We ask, Father God, that you would just touch and abide. Lord, we're asking, Lord, that you will touch those, Lord, who are suffering with, with, with the pains and heartaches of cancer, Lord. Lord, you know who they are. You know where they are. 
Lord, I even want to ask a special prayer for a good friend of mine, Beverly Webb, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would touch her as she goes through the chemo and the various things that she has to go for the treatment. Heal her, Lord. Lord, I ask a special prayer for each and every soul that's standing around here who is suffering some type of con- some type of uh, 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 infection or disease or, or, or pain or heartache, Lord, that's standing in this circle on this throne. Lord, I ask that your hands of mercy will be stayed upon them. Lord, many of us, Lord, we have experienced and some are even experienced right now the suffering of loss. And so, Lord, we ask that you would touch those who are going through bereavement right now. Lord, we want to call out the names of some of our, our individuals who we know, Lord, are suffering. We ask that you be with Sister Beverly, Lord, that who has went down and had knee surgery, Lord, but is recovering. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing her through. We ask that you give her a full recovery. Touch Sister Teresa, who stands and sings, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for three surgeries in one week. Because that's the kind of God you are. Continue to heal her, Lord. Lord, we ask special prayer for Sister Elaine, Lord. Continue to be with her, Lord, and, and, and allow her, Lord, to be able to come back home. Lord, we ask that you be with uh, Sister Alvina's friends, Lord. I receive texts all the time, Lord, and she is a servant of yours. So, Lord, touch your children in and out of the church. Oh, Father God, some are suffering through the pains and heartaches of finances, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you be with Brother and Pastor Chester, Lord. Lord, you know what's going on in his situation. But that's a man, Lord, that gave his life to serve you, gives his life to serve you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would promote and take care of him, Lord. Do what only you can do. And we ask, Lord, that it would all be said and done that it was because of you, Lord, not because of any of us, but because of you. Lord, we ask, Father God, that you would continue to be with our pastor and his wife, Lord, as they minister to our sister church. Bless them. And Lord, even right now, Lord, I, I, I was praying for our injured, Lord, and, and, and our speaker today, Lord, is one of us who is, who's injured, who's inflicted with the pains and heartaches of life, Lord. But we ask, Father God, that you would give him strength to stand. Touch his body, Lord, and give him the words to be able to deliver them according to your word. Oh, Father God, we just ask that you would just bless us. Bless us indeed, because you're that kind of God. Lord, I ask that each and every member standing around this circle would be touched and moved in a mighty and special way. We ask, Father God, that you would bless them, heal them, feed them. Whatever it is that they need, Lord, do for them, Lord, what only you can do. Then, Lord, we ask that you will be with our president of this country and all the cabinet. Lord, touch them in a mighty way that the decisions that they're making, Lord, will be decisions that will be for our benefit. Because, Lord, we know you are God who sets them on high and takes them down low. And so, Lord, keep them. We ask these things not because we're worthy, Lord, but because you're worthy. We give all praise, all honor and all glory unto you because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Always good to see your smiling faces. Also want to keep Sister Lakita on the prayer list, too. She's finally just about over sinus infection, and hopefully she'll be here next week. Uh, so keep her in your prayers also. Uh, now is the time where everyone can participate. Stewardship time. Well, we return unto the Lord, our time, talent, temple, and treasure. One of the ways that we can return our time is through Bible study. As I had mentioned, with this book, In His Steps, our discipleship class is going over the 27 fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if you would like to refresh your uh, memory of the beliefs, if you would like to learn more about the beliefs or get a little more in-depth, then please see me for one of these uh, books has all the beliefs in it and the Bible study, uh, Bible scriptures that will be go going over. I'll get you one of these books. This is Sister Alvina's book, so you can't have this one, but I will get you one, so see me after service. If you have one of these books, we're expecting you to tune in to our discipleship class at 2.30 on Sabbath. So if you have one of these books, study it the week before. First and third Sabbath, we'll be going over this. The other Sabbaths will be studying out of the book, The Testimonies, by Sister Ellen White. So see me afterward for a book. Time, also our talent. God gives everyone a talent. Don't even think you don't have a talent. Maybe you don't know what it is. But you have a talent. One way that you can use your talents is by being a success in whatever your chosen occupation is, right? I don't know if you're a doctor, a lawyer, an Indian chief, or whatever. Whatever you choose to do, God's giving you talents to do it, and you want to be a success, right? Does anybody here want to fail? No, nobody wants to fail, and we want you to succeed too, which is why we're inviting you to our 12 Steps for Success discussion, our class support group. That'll be tomorrow at 5 p.m. Uh, see me also for the Zoom ID as well as the call-in number. I know the playoffs are on. <laughs> I already know, but you can tape that, and you can record it, and you can join us. Because being a success in your life, much more important than whether or not the team wins the game. Unless you're on the team. <laughs> but otherwise, you need to be a success in your life, so join us. Time, talent, temple. Our bodies are very important. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And part of our stewardship is taking care of our bodies. Now, I know some of you had heard on the news that Brother Dexter King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s youngest son, passed from prostate cancer. Prostate cancer kills a lot of black people, black men. It only affects men. So black men, we need to make sure that we take care of our health. Don't be afraid to go get tested for prostate issues. It's just a blood test. It's not going to hurt you. Get a blood test, see if you're okay. But we got to take care of our temples, right? Men and women, ladies, take care of your temple as well. Don't be afraid of the doctors. They're not going to hurt you. Only there to help you. God has given them talent to do that. So let's take care of our time, talent, temple, and then our treasure. The first elder mentioned we need some more funds for the homeless ministry. Prayerfully, thankfully, not all of us have ever been homeless. Some of us have been homeless for a few minutes. Some of us for a lot longer. It's not a good situation to be in, and we want to do what we can to assist those who are 
uh, temporarily at this time homeless. So as you put in your offering, please remember the homeless ministry as well as church utilities. It's nice to be warm in here, isn't it? Nice to have lights where we can see, right? Nice to have a microphone where we can hear our musicians, nice cushy chairs that you're sitting in. That comes from your faithfulness in giving. And we certainly appreciate your faithfulness in giving. Continue to be faithful to God. He's always faithful to you. Amen. Amen. Would our deacons come forward to lift our morning's tithe and offering? Let us ask the Lord's blessing upon the tithe and offering as they come. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the privilege that you give us to return that which you have given to us. We thank you for our time, talent, temple, and treasure to be used for your worthy purpose and to glorify you. We ask that you will turn this tithe and offering from a secular purpose to a spiritual purpose, Lord, that of spreading your gospel message to all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and amen.
And our title for today's sermon is, Does God Care? Does God Care? You know, uh, during Sabbath school, Torah was talking about the assurance of God's care. And when Prince was praying, he mentioned God's care. But the question is, does God care? Does he really care? No, that's probably not a question that you expect to be asked. Of course, God does care. But does he care when the righteous suffer? He cares when both the righteous and the wicked suffer. And he watches on as the righteous suffer with the goal of refining and polishing him for his own glory. So your suffering is to refine you and to polish you for God's glory. He's not far from his children when they suffer. Let's read a memory text, which is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 40, 1 and 2. We shall read or stand. Let's read together. Just uh, two verses. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We believe that you care. Lord, help our unbelief. Amen. Amen. You know, Isaiah, uh, Psalm 34, verses 19 and 20. Psalm 34, verses 19 and 20. This is what we read. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the, the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. The Lord redeemed the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. He never abandons us. He watches us in our suffering and in our pain. He brings us through experiences that make us appreciate how much he cares. In Psalm 30, verses 5, 7, 8, 11, and 12, the psalm has concluded from his own experiences that for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I'll give thanks to you forever. See, the writer of the hymn, God moves in mysterious ways. That is hymn 107 in our hymnal. Says that 
The bad may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. He also says that the clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings. And that behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. So behind the cloud that you dread, God is smiling because he knows what he's he's doing. In other words, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The morning with fresh beginning, hope, renewal, reconnection, and reconciliation. The bright morning that devours the scary nights and dispels our fears and gloom. Yes, when we go wayward, well, let me say, when I and a few here go wayward and foolishly enter the dark alleys of sin and displease our God, he doesn't abandon us. In Psalm 103, verses 8 to 13, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. No, he does not excuse our waywardness, but he deals with us in the way that's presented in the question in Romans 2 verse 4. It says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Why he doesn't, he doesn't excuse our waywardness? He has patience and forbearance and kindness, and he leads us on to repentance. Indeed, God is worthy of all our praise and thanksgiving for caring and being there for us always, for affording us unfathomable grace and mercy. Now, a short while ago, we read Psalm 30, and I mentioned verse 11, and it says, You have turned my mourning into, into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. And when you hear sackcloth and gladness in the same sentence, the story of Job comes to mind. Job, whose thick darkness was dissipated by the son of righteousness and given the kind of joy he had never known before. So in Job 1 verse 21, he declares, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in our dark and difficult moments, you and I have been told to remember Job. We are expected by others to react to our trials and tribulations the way Job did. We are told to remember his patience and perseverance, Just give it up to God and let it go. That's what we are told. 
Oh yes, others say that to the, the bills that have overwhelmed us, to our afflictions of disease and illness, to our poverty and joblessness, to our stress and grief and death in the family. And it's easy for them to say that until they, they, they fall into the same afflictions. Then they don't remember Job anymore. You see, I'm not a Job yet. So I'm not yet able to react the same way to my difficulties. Before tragedy arose, Job had had a living, working faith and trust in God. The spirit of God was building in him the necessary fortitude to stand when tragedy struck. Job had already developed that faith that he could draw on. So until I develop that kind of faith, until you help me develop that faith and trust relationship with God, don't expect me to be a Job. Don't expect me or to see a Job in me when my world caves in. See, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. That is Job 121 again. To Job, the hand of the sovereign God who does as he pleases was in everything. He does what he pleases, but it's all for our good in giving and in taking away. It's the hand of God that presents all our comforts and, our, and, and his mercies. See, Job acknowledged that the hand of God had given his, him sons and daughters and, and camels and sheep and oxen. All, everything, was a gift from him. By that acknowledgement, he was declaring that he did not work to obtain anything that he had. So when he lost all those things, he didn't lament that what he had obtained by dint of his own hard work had been taken away. He did not say that his wealth had come from himself. But rather, he said, the Lord gave it all to me. All were a gift from God. You see, it's important to know that whatever you have, the Lord gave it to you. So that includes your husband or your wife, your parents or your children, your family or your friends. And that includes the difficult children, the embarrassing brother or sister or uncle. And don't ascribe them to bad luck. Probably because of these or in these God's name will be glorified. They all, whether you perceive them to be good or bad, are a gift of God's grace. The token of his infinite love and kindness, his wondrous kindness and thoughtfulness. And nothing he gives is of little or no value. Everything he gives is of tremendous value. Just as we place a big sentimental value on the smallest things that someone gives to us in love, 
so much we appreciate the child who gives us tremendous grief. The dry bread on the table. As well as the sumptuous meal. They are all a token of God's love. That way, we will not try to determine whether we have as much as others. Because they didn't come from us. They came from God. Or as much as we wish. But we shall recognize that all that we have comes from God's love. From the heart and hand of a loving father. That way, the question does not arise as to whether it is right for us. He knows why he gave it to us. And that includes our situations and circumstances. So David says in Psalm 39 verse 9, I was dumb. I opened not my mouth because thou didst it. I didn't speak. Whatever happened to me, I know that you did it. So I was dumb. Hmm. Is David saying I should not open my mouth when I'm poor? When I'm in debt? Out of job? Divorced? Evicted? Homeless? In terrible health? Losing a loved one? David is saying, because you did it. So in, in, in Psalm 84 verse 1, he says, No good thing does he withhold from those who walk in whose walk is blameless. So we accept that. He gave it, it must be good for us. In his infinite wisdom, he knows that what is good for others, including good health and nice cars and good jobs, may not necessarily be good for us. So he withholds them from us. Yes, his grace is sufficient for us. And someone has said that those who are determined to murmur and to complain of God's dealings with them will find plenty of things to complain about. While those who are of a thankful spirit will see reasons and occasions for gratitude in everything that happens. Job had faith in God, but that did not mean he escaped life's struggles. His faith did not eliminate suffering. You see, there was a discourse between God and Satan. And we will not understand this side of Eden, why God would engage the enemy in a conversation. But there was a discourse, and the subject of that conversation was Job. Satan had propounded the theory that Job loved God only because of what God had given him and of his protecting hedge around him. And that he will fold if God were to remove all these. So after he had obtained permission, Satan put his theory to test. And you've heard the story countless times. Job, the man of faith. Job, the upright man, was hit really hard. He suffered the loss of his household, all his substance, the trust of his wife and his friends. In one instant, he moved from prosperity to poverty, from riches to rags. And in Job 2, verse 10, he says, you speak as foolish women do. That was talking to his wife. We accept good things from God. Should we not accept trouble? 
and says, in all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Through it all, all the pain and suffering, his faith remained intact. See, the story of Job, it's not about suffering and pain. It's really about faith in God. Though he was a man of faith, he still had questions. You see, asking questions of God, seeking answers about our predicament, does not define faithlessness. Didn't David ask, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Didn't Jeremiah weep and ask God how, could he, how he could allow suffering and despair? In Luke 22, 42 to 43, didn't Jesus basically ask the Father, must I go through this? Is this your will? See, anything about suffering is cruel and awful. Brings grief, you have bereavement, you have hardship, you have crisis. And the God who promises to be there for the faithful, for those who have him in all, seems, and I emphasize seems, to be sitting on the sidelines at the ringside watching the slugfest to see how much beating we can take. How long, O oh Lord? Yes, many things about faith, including its very definition, that is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, don't seem to make any sense to some people. But 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, God indeed does care. He's not looking at unconcerned as we are being wounded and bruised. He's always in control. And as has been said, if he brings us to it, he'll take us through it. If he allows it to happen, he knows how much we can take. And he assures us that though the beginning is bitter, the end will be sweet. Job 1.20 speaks of Job's incomprehensible faith. The first part says, then Job arose. You see, when he heard of all the tragedies, he could have gone into a rant against God. Or he could have put his fingers in his ears and said, la, 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 I can't hear you. It is not true. I don't want to hear it. Or he could have stayed in bed and slept it off, all broken and depressed. But he arose, pulled himself together, took control of his feelings. And as bad as the situation was, he did not let it cripple him. He arose. Then the last part of the verse says, he worshipped. Oh, it's very easy for me to worship when life smiles on me. But I want that faith that worships when the times are hard. When the bills pile up. When the diagnosis is no good. That's the kind of faith I want. No, I and a few like me here don't fall on our knees and worship under such circumstances. No, not at least not right away. 
we do some blaming and why means and why did God let it happen to us before we come around to our senses, if at all. Job showed that he was a man of us all right. Now you go to Job 1 verse 1. It's about there was a man of us. A man like me, given to the same anger and frustrations. When life oscillates, goes up and down a few days, a few good days, and too many bad days, we have frustrations. Yes, Job did express frustration with God. And when you read Job 29 verses 1 to 6, he longed for the good old days. When God's light, by God's light, he could walk through darkness. When friends blessed his house, when his children were around him, when his path was drenched with cream, when the rock poured out rivers of olive oil for him. In Job 7.19, he seems to be asking God, why don't you leave me alone? That, that is frustration. But in all this, he kept his faith. Suffering did not break his relationship with God. It rather strengthened and deepened it to the extent that he was able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And he said, I know that my redeemer lives. He said, I've heard by the hearing of the ear, but now I see thee. Yes, it was through adversity and suffering and pain that I came to see you and to know you even better. The tragedies were only a test to refine and polish and keep me awake and to draw me closer to you. So today, who here has pain? Who is mourning the loss of a loved one? Who has suffered a significant loss? Who is discouraged and depressed and despondent? Who is feeling detached from God because of sin? Who is crestfallen due to repeated failures? Whatever your situation, if God promises you comfort, he's not sitting aloof and unconcerned. Through the prophet Isaiah, he brings you words of comfort and hope and love. And that's what he read, Isaiah 40 verses 1 and 2. He says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double all her sins. The promise is that the Lord will fight all our battles and end all our struggles and suffering. But most importantly, our iniquities, our sins are forgiven, are forgotten, are dumped into the depth of the sea. Coming to the end now. In the song, You Raise Me Up, Josh Coburn sings, when I'm down and oh my soul so weary, when troubles come and my heart burdened be, then I'm still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. You raise me up 
so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on, on stormy seas. I'm strong when I'm on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. Are you weary? Are you depressed, brought down by life? There is a God who mends wounded spirits, a God pr who promises to never leave your side. He sits with you at all times, even when you think you are all by yourself and abandoned. No matter how stormy your seas are, he raises you up to walk on and through them. He sees high, but he sees low. So he sees you no matter how low you've been brought by your circumstances. He promises to raise you from your depressed state up to mountain tops, up on his shoulders. And faithful is he who has promised. Amen. Praise the Lord for the word of God. Amen. Come on, choir, let's lead us on out in benediction. The spoken word has been given. Does God cares? We have seen in the scriptures, you have seen and experienced of your life, God does care. Amen. The Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And according to his purpose, God has designed some things that to keep you close to him so that you would know that he truly cares. What do you say? Amen. And with that being said, we want to open up the doors of the church at this moment. For those who are online, we ask that you make a conscious decision as well. For those who have really has not committed to Jesus Christ, we ask that you will take this time to do so now. So the Bible asks this question, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. For those who want to be a part of the kingdom of God, who has not given their life to Jesus Christ, and you want to accept him as your personal savior, we just ask you to raise your hand right now. And we'll see your hands and the ministers will come and they will provide a service for you with the next steps for you to develop a more concrete relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody? Anyone online? We ask that you. Okay, Sister Mary, we see you. All right. Anyone else? Those who are online, we ask that you will call right in. But most of all, come and visit with. Don't just allow yourself to watch us grow. Come and grow with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, choirs, take us on out of here. And I am going to give the benediction in prayer. Every head is bowed. Spirit of the living God, we believe that you have visited us today. And we appreciate the amazing word that you have given us because you truly cares. We see in our lives and by our experience from the past and the present and we know what you're going to do in the future. So we're going to claim the promises of our God. We are going to be confident that you hear us and that you are with us. Now we ask that you will help us in our faith, increase it, oh God, in such a way that the world will see you 
in us and they too want to be a part of your eternal kingdom. So we ask that you help us, help you help someone else. This is our prayer, this is our plea in the mighty, awesome, powerful, undisputed name above every name in earth and in the universe, Jesus Christ. We ask that you hear, answer, and deliver. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Rise among us in the glory of the Lord. Rise among us Thank you.